0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Believe in SESU basketball here on the Believe Podcast Network. It's a place with a show for every team in San Diego and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this episode, we're gonna begin part one of the postseason episodes. Um, this is covering the Mountain West Conference tournament as part of the 2009-2010 women's basketball season review slash recap slash discussion. So without further ado, here we go. As always, if you enjoy the show, please rate and f- subscribe to us on iTunes. We are available wherever podcasts can be found. So here we are, we ended the regular season with a record of 18 and 10 entering the Mountain West Conference Tournament out in Vegas. Um, this is a time where we recognize that the next level to get to the NCAA tournament, we're likely going to have to win this thing. Um, 18 and 10 in a Mountain West Conference Tournament, although it was a very competitive season with TCU being nationally ranked, BYU being up there. Uh, it just, these smaller conferences just don't get the type of, um, accolades or I don't, I'm trying to stay away from the word credit. Being that it's a smaller school, it's just more difficult to have a above 500 season weigh the same than other above 500 seasons, if that makes sense. So heading into Vegas, First games against Wyoming. Um, we had to really get ready for this postseason push. Um, practice from at least from my standpoint, here and out became on the lighter end. You know, the it went from three hours to about two, hour and a half, maybe. Uh it went it was less of a physical preparation. Um, meaning that After our warm-ups, you know, in the regular season, we really focused on plays and player tendencies, whether it was an opposing point guard or a post player, even down to the way that they screen and read their own offense. And it became more of mental preparation. So these practices, when we were, you know, when the practice players were involved, it was more of a heavy emphasis on the mindset, how we're going to communicate certain screens how we're going to track a player um, from moving from one side to the other because a lot of these plays would try to often either get the ball directly into the playmakers hands or kind of carry an initial action but have the playmaker and the second half of that action so the defense is sort of swaying from one side to the other maybe they're scrambling. And then here we are giving the ball in the best player's hands to make a play. And it was for both on their defensive side and offensively as well, just sort of practicing, you know, the late game situations, you know, uh, late in the shot clock situations, our go to plays. And we really, the point of emphasis was to really master that, to know where everyone needed to go, the spots that everyone needed to fill. And it was less of um, the physical stuff and more of just what to do, where to do it. So, you know, in the game, we're going to know exactly where everyone's going to be and we can really rely on each other. And this season was, you know, up and down with a lot of promise. And this first game against Wyoming, it was really um, showing the results of this hard work all season long. And... Up to this point, it, the season with Wyoming, with this game um, against Wyoming, was very similar to just sort of how a, your prototypical Aztec game goes. You know, you, you stick to the script, you play your role, you play hard, you defend, and you create separation more in the second half. And that's how the season went, and that's how this game actually went as well. Um, We held Wyoming to 30.3% from the field, got 11 blocks, including seven from Jessica Bradley alone and seven steals, including three from Janae alone. Um, On the offensive side of the ball, we had four Aztecs scoring double figures and it was close in the first half, but we used a strong second half push to outlast and win by nine, 60 to 51. And, The theme of this game was very was persistence. They stuck to the game plan, and they just kept playing hard. And it eventually cracked Wyoming's armor. Um, You know, there's a lot of initial motions that I think, at least in women's college basketball that exists. So, you know, you hear a lot of uh, motions that are named after the school that made it popular. An example of that would be like a UCLA cut where the point guard gives the ball to the wing. The post player comes up and actually sets a screen for the, uh, for the point guard who will cut down towards the block that the big man or some, sorry, that the big just occupied and either fill that spot to post up or will take, will continue running to the opposite side. Um, for the Aztecs, it was similar in the sense of, um One of two things, either there was going to be a screen guard to guard, or there was going to be a screen guard to, or post to guard. And from there, the entire offense sort of flowed. So, you know, going into games, you already know that the opponent is going to be ready for these screens, off ball screens, because they happen almost with every play. And it's just a matter of getting to the different spots. As the game goes on, that really can hinge on the playmakers. So in this case, Q and Janae and Coco out in the wings were the primary playmakers trying to make things happen while JB and PJ were in the blocks um, getting ready to to clean up the boards or you know create their own play from the post. Um, and sometimes when those things happen, you know, especially a first game and especially against a team that you've played twice before and you split the regular season matchup you can expect a slow first half you know they match up against each other they know exactly what everybody else is doing it's a lot of chess moves and um, just a lot of I, I guess you could say just trying to do counters but this type of win was huge especially for the Aztecs at this point in the season because you know, this whole theme this entire time was very much just about persistence. You know, you start the season 3 0, then you lose three straight. Then you have a seven game uh, win streak, then you play sub 500 ball for, you know, eight games. Then you have a six game win streak, then you play sub 500 ball. And it was just an up and down, up and down season. It's very, you can imagine it would be very easy to just get to the breaking point. at played so many games so far you get so frustrated and you just go you know fuck it like i gotta go out my way kind of thing and everyone just sort of sticks to their their own mo but this was really impressive and this began a series of games to me that just sort of catapulted this season from being one of the greatest to all time untouchable uh, undeniably the best season of all time for the women. And so the next game in the Mountain West Conference tournament was PYU. Again, split the regular season matchup, home and home, essentially. So meaning we beat all these teams um, at Viejas Arena, but we would always lose to them on the road. Um, and I just want to call back again to the Paradise Jam. All three losses coming in various forms. We would get blown out. We get worn down in the second half. We get close and lose in the final minute, final seconds. You know, that weekend really left us asking, sort of, is it kind of one of those seasons? What other ways can we lose? And I'm very proud to say that this game against BOIU was the exact opposite. You have the trademark ASIC defense, you know, holding the Cougars to 36.4% shooting, which includes just one of fourteen from three. You have you know, six steals from Janae with a total of thirteen steals from the team. You have trad- trademark Aztec basketball, out rebounding BYU, thirty-three to twenty-nine. You have people contributing everywhere. Five players grabbing at least four rebounds and out shooting them from the free throw line, drawing nineteen fouls, and that led to eighteen of twenty-three from the charity stripe. And this game, this particular game, was. Um, the beginning of the Janae Morris show. I mean, she she ended the game with 28 points, six assists, six deals. And mind you, you know, I'm coming from a very biased position to be completely fair and open and honest. Um, I would guard Janae and Q, Kunis Davis every day in basketball, every day during practice, obviously it's basketball every day during practice. And I got to sort of see their skills, the way that they work, the way to read the game, and you know, I, I thought that there was a, a bright future ahead of playing basketball. And when it comes to women's basketball, with the uh, lack of teams and rounds in the draft in the WNBA, you know, chances are more likely to be going overseas than in the league. And at, up to this point, I remember thinking, "Wow, like these two girls." kill me every day in practice, I see it, see how much work they put in, see their hard work and dedication and just sort of their willingness to get better day in and day out. I mean, there, there did not. uh, What am I trying to say? There wasn't a single practice that ended with them leaving the court. As soon as coach blew the final whistle. They always stayed behind to either get up more shots, go back to the training table, uh, watch more film. There was always something extra that these two girls specifically that I knew of, um, wanted to do. And that was sort of the mindset. Um, you know, at least with these two. But after watching this game with the way that Janae, uh, played, I went from sort of thinking, Oh, my idea of them playing professionally and potentially even in the league is coming from a place of just bias and obviously you know i want these girls to succeed and kill it and you know i wonder if that's an objective thought or a subjective thought and this game sort of took that subjectivity to wow they actually potentially have a shot i mean they're make they're stamping their mark on in this game and in their time here and This has to be getting noticed. I mean, there's no way that a performance like this would not get noticed. And so it went from sort of thinking, Oh, it's just because I'm biased and this is, I don't know if this is the object truth to holy shit. I think it's actually possible. Uh, and that kind of led to the championship game against Utah. Again, same thing home and home. Um, Utah's played, we played Utah tough. And Viejas lost to Utah at Utah and similar to kind of bring things full circle to Paradise Jam. You know, Paradise Jam, three wins or three losses, three different ways to lose. Mountain West Conference Championship, three games, three wins, different ways to win. So the this Utah game was a barn burner. So the first game you have just a regular game trademark Aztec basketball outwear them in the second half second you have BYU blow them out give them a 30 piece call it a day done and now we have one that took overtime to win Utah was nearly perfect from the free throw line 11-12 to but to combat that San Diego State forced 20 turnovers and shot 54% from the field And we were able to outlast Utah through overtime and win by 10. And we took the Mountain West Conference crown automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. And that brings me to a story of um, the weekend leading up to the Mountain West Conference tournament. Obviously, um, you know, we're all the rest of us practice guys were just sort of talking about what where we would watch it, you know, figuring out the schedule, when it would be on. And my roommate, Josh, at the time was talking to the girls, I think a couple of days before uh, the championship game. And they were talking about the possibility that they would make it to the championship game, what they would do, how they would feel. And basically, that conversation ended up being... Um, the girls being generous enough and saying, Hey, if we make it to the championship game, we want you guys to be there. So we'll leave you tickets. And if you can come up to Las Vegas and, you know, watch the game in person. So we're watching BYU game. It happened. They blew them out. And here we are the night before the championship game, wondering who can go, who can't go. What's everyone's work schedule, class schedule being like? And let's figure this out. So we got about, I think, myself, Josh. um, Oh, I think one of Josh's friends and another practice player, uh, Zach, I think. Hope I'm right on that one. So the morning of, we drive all the way up to Vegas and go to the Thomas and Mack Center, get our tickets. And at least in my mind, I was thinking that This was tickets just to watch the women's game and just that. So I'm thinking, well, what else can we do around here while we're waiting and things like that? We take a look at the tickets and we realize it's an all-day pass, meaning we're going to watch the Mountain West Conference Championship for the guys, which also had San Diego State at the time. So we're excited. We're ecstatic. We go inside, get our tickets, and let the girls know we're there Um, and we just try to find our seats and we get put in the section in the row right behind the school president um, kind of mid-court you know close to the action away from the student section and basically what I'm trying to say is that the girls hooked us up and we're watching the games it's amazing you know this out you know overtime game and up and down action we're like talking in terms of as if we're coaching them and just oh I remember that play no you know that she always goes right you know and oh watch that over it's over the left shoulder not the right shoulder just yelling things out that that we would hear in practice and um the girls went they gave us a chance to go storm the court they uh, the girls let us through tell security we're okay they give us hats we get to see them cut the nets, and we're just, this is great. It's one of the greatest sporting experiences of my life. I mean, I got to see these girls with pour their blood, sweat, and tears for over 30 games. And just the pure joy and elation from them, from their family, from the fans, all from the perspective of the court was incredible. Um. You know, I know a lot of people may have played in in a lot of sporting events that had a lot of people watching, you know, but to imagine just looking up and you just see seas of people going insane and you're there just like, damn, like I was a part of this. It was a really unforgettable experience. And on top of all of that, my roommate, Josh, at halftime was approached by some of the event staff members and was asked, hey, uh, would anybody be interested in doing a halftime, you know, being part of the halftime competition? And we asked, oh, uh, what is it? And he meant he kind of described it and was like, you know, we're we're looking for somebody who's, you know, not that great at basketball, but, you know, so to make it kind of fair, But the premise is just a layup, a free throw line, and a three-pointer, and the winner wins, um, you know, gets a prize, a free year's supply of gas. Now, at this point, I already described to everybody, um, audience included, about what a free year of something meant winning. It wasn't necessarily equating to getting all that you can in a year's time. It was more of calculating how long it would take for somebody to go through you know, X number of whatever it is you're winning for an entire year. So initially, I think there was some hesitancy in the group being that we're practice players and we're saying that Josh, this guy who's just incredible at basketball, would wipe the floor against whoever was going against him unless that person was a college level athlete, which I knew this person wasn't. Then the college, uh, the college student in all of us perked up when we heard free gas for a year and we just said yep josh can do it so the guy who came up to us asked josh hey are you 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 pretty tall are you sure you're not good at basketball and he's like i just i'm more of a volleyball guy and i mean it it was actually true so uh (laughs) the guy just like sized josh up and just said all right let's go so you get down, and we're all excited because we know we're going to win free gas for a year. And, you know, part of us is excited. The other part of us is trying to temper expectations. And, um, this, the halftime show starts, explains the, the rules and what they're going to win. And off we go. Um, and Josh is three for three. The guy stood no chance. This other guy was, as soon as he missed the first layup, it was over. Like, it, it didn't matter. Like, For context, I would once in a while, you know, go out there and practice and put some shots up with Josh and he would count everything in makes. And you know how good somebody is at basketball when you're saying I count everything in makes as opposed to just attempts. We get back. We don't know what form of credit or gift card that that Josh is going to receive in terms of um, the whole free gas for a year thing. And here he comes just smiling from ear to ear and he flashes a stack of gift cards. And we're like, Oh, is that how it's, how it is? And he said, Yep. He told me he being Josh being talking to the event staff was saying that each card is a hundred dollars worth of gas or a hundred dollar gift card for Texaco at the time, I think. And there are a total of 52 cards. And that got us as excited as we were to to go and watch the game. So he's handing them out to us. He's, you know, so he still has 48 of them. He's handing them out to a couple people around. And he's just, I don't think he ever paid for gas that entire school year. And had enough to give to his family and friends back home. It was incredible. So we ended the weekend or we ended the day going up to Vegas in hopes of a championship. We ended the day with two championships and a shit ton of gas cards that helped everybody get gas for at least a few months. So I think that's a good, that's a good any point. Um I mean, that could have been it, right? I mean, that that could have been that poetic ending already for a great season. You can call that season a success. I mean, we got to storm the court for the men's team as well. Um, see cutting down nets and get the hats and everything. We get an automatic bid into the NCAA tournament for a smaller school. That's a huge, huge win. <clears throat> an opportunity to really showcase our talent. I mean, you would think at that point, could it get any better? And actually, it kind of did. Um, so we'll end it there. You'll have to tune into the next episode to find out how it went in the NCAA tournament. Um, again, if you enjoy the show, please rate and subscribe on iTunes. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. You can find us at believe.com and at believe sports. I'm your host, Kongsan. I am at underscore Kongsan San on social media. And if you're interested, in advertising on the show, please contact us at believe.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, go Aztecs. Thank you for listening to Believe.